this week we're beginning our new series, 40 Days of Prayer, and you don't have to have me tell you that prayer is a huge subject, right? You type the word prayer into Amazon.com, and it brought up over 136,000 books on prayer. So I guess we have a few weeks to talk about this. You type prayer into Google, and it comes up with 136 million web pages on prayer. 4 million videos on prayer, 4 million books on prayer, and 6 million news articles on prayer. You know, I've served as a pastor for over 20 years, and I've learned some things about prayer. And one thing I've learned is this. We are wired to pray. God created us in a way that prayer seems natural. I mean, if you think about it, everyone in our world prays, right? Buddhists pray, Hindus pray, Muslims pray, Jews pray, Christians pray, secular people pray. Even atheists pray if you punch them in the gut, right? You hit them right in the gut and they bend over and they say, oh God. He didn't say, oh me, oh dirt mound. We all pray. Now, who we pray to, what we pray to, that differs. But there is this internal desire inside of us to pray. In fact, what makes us human? We were made in God's image, and we are made with the ability to talk to God and, and the desire to talk to God. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. God has planted eternity in the human heart. It means we have an eternal soul. We're going to last longer than just the here and now. And so it also means we have this natural desire and drive that thinks there has to be more to life than just this. God wired us to look for him, to talk with him. And so human beings are naturally wired to pray. It's a universal trait. Another thing I've learned is many people feel like we're not good at prayer. I've talked to a lot of people, and they just feel inadequate about it. They say things like, oh, I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray, or I don't know how to say it, and I don't feel real confident and worried about it when I try to pray in front of people. And... But God doesn't want us to feel that way. But the truth is, sometimes we don't know what to pray or how to pray. Well, listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8. He said, we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. So Paul, the the guy who wrote half of the New Testament, is saying, you know, sometimes we don't know what we should pray for, how we should pray. So we should all be in this school of prayer. It's something we all need to learn and grow in. If Paul said it's okay for you to admit it, and it's okay for me to admit it, we need to get better at this prayer. We need to know how to talk to God and learn the language of prayer. Even, even the disciples, these 12 guys that Jesus handpicked to follow him throughout his ministry, didn't know how to pray. They, they said this in Luke 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They had watched Jesus pray and they said, okay, teach us to pray. And I don't know about you, but this is the amazing thing to me. These, these 12 guys followed Jesus everywhere, listened to him, watched him do everything he did while he was here on earth. And they saw him do all kinds of miracles, right? 
He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He turned water into wine, walked on water, cast out demons. All of these bizarre, supernatural things, and yet not one of them said, Lord, teach us to do miracles. Uh, They also got to hear him teach and preach. One of the greatest teachers in history, greatest preachers on the planet, but never once did the disciples say, Lord, teach us to preach. But they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think it's because as they watched the master, they knew all of the, pure, the power behind his miracles and his teaching and his preaching was because of his prayer. And so if Paul says, we don't know what to pray and how to pray, and the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, then it's okay if we don't feel 100% totally confident about our prayer life. And so... Uh, This week, as we begin these 40 days of prayer, we start here with a beginner's guide to prayer. Because God doesn't want us feeling lousy about our prayer life or or guilty about our prayer life and, and realizing that it's not as difficult as many people make it out to be. Another thing I've learned about our prayer is our frustrations with prayer are caused by misconceptions. And there's a lot of misconceptions about prayer, right? God doesn't want us to be driven by that guilt, but by his grace. So prayer is not something we should ever feel guilty about. It's it's all about a conversation with God. So for the next 40 days, we're going to explode some of these myths and and the misconceptions that build on our prayer lives that are wrong. I mean, maybe these are things you were taught as a kid in church, or or you saw them on TV. Let me give you a few of them. First, prayer is not some magic wand, right? It's not like we're up here like Harry Potter and Alakazam and poof, everything changes, right? Prayer is not this wand where you wave it around and suddenly everything in life is better. Prayer is not like a a genie in a bottle and and you rub this bottle called prayer and, and out pops God and he says, your wish is my command, right? He's not your genie, he's not your servant. In fact, we are God's servants. Prayer is not also these secret words or incantations and spells. And if you say just the right words in just the right way at just the right time, then then we're going to get exactly what we want. Another myth about prayer is it's not like a fire extinguisher. You know, like the fire extinguisher sitting in the back of the church there and and puts out fires. Or like you see in buildings where it says, break glass in case of emergency. And sadly, a lot of people treat prayer like that in case of emergency. And they, they, they don't spend time praying on the good days, only when there's trouble, only when there's pain. Crisis in your life and you pull out the fire hose of prayer and you just start spraying prayer all over it. Hurricane comes, we should pray. Cancer, we should pray. Husband or wife or are considering leaving the marriage, we should pray. And it only gets used in emergencies. But prayer is not meant to be the last resort in our life. It's meant to be our first choice. Another one, prayer is not a ritual that relieves our guilt. And some of you may have grown up with this, where you were taught that if you sin and it's a big sin and and you you have to go and you have to say a certain number of prayers and these certain prayers and then then poof, God is going to forgive you and everything's all right. But in fact, Jesus taught the opposite. Prayer is not a punishment when you sin. It's not penance for your sin. It's, it's a privilege. It's something we get to do. 
In fact, he repeatedly, Jesus said, don't pray these prayers over and over and over and just say the same things. Matthew 6, verse 7. Jesus said, when you pray, don't use meaningless repetition, thinking you'll be heard because of your many words. And during these next 40 days, we're going to explode some other myths and misconceptions. But, but really what I want to do today is we're going to start with the basics, the foundations, the pillar principles of prayer, as he called them. And there's a story about legendary football coach Vince Lombardi, right? a, a legendary, amazing coach. And in the beginning of every season, he would bring all of his players together, whether they was their first year or, or, or longtime veterans. And he would stand up in front of them and he'd hold up a football and he'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. In other words, he's saying, guys, we can't get more basic than this. So we need to get back to the basics. These fundamental truths that, that everything else that we believe on rests. Because sadly, if we don't get these, then we're going to see prayers, this duty we have to do. And not the delight that we get to do. We're going to see it as a burden and not a blessing. So first one, God loves for me to talk to him. And I would even add very quickly about anything. It doesn't have to be something spiritual. It doesn't have to be something religious. It's just he wants to talk to you about anything. Especially about the things you're interested in and going on in your life. Because if you're interested in it, God is too. And we know that. We know that he wants us to talk to him for several reasons. First, because he loves you. I didn't know if you're aware of this. God loves you. In fact, you wouldn't be here if God didn't love you. If he didn't want to love you and created you to love you. It's the reason you're alive. And think about it. When you love somebody, you become interested in what they're interested in. Right? When Amy and I were first married, I, she, she could care less about football. Didn't really enjoy it at all, but I, I loved football. I still do. I love football. And so every Saturday when we were first married that fall, I would spend it on the couch watching college football. Every Sunday I would, after church, I would watch the NFL. And Amy began to sit with me mainly because we lived in a small apartment and there probably wasn't much place for her to go. <laughs> but she would sit and she would watch football with me. And she would start asking questions. And I started explaining the rules of the game and how things worked. And, and it wasn't too long before the end of the season, she was cheering on my teams and creating her own cheers for my teams. And I won't make her stand up and do those. Don't worry. <laughs> but Amy loved me. And so she was interested in the things I was interested in. And we all know that's true as spouses, don't we? You become interested in the things your spouse is. Well, God loves you and he's interested in what you're interested in. I mean, because where do you think you got those interests to begin with? You got them from God. He wired you with them. He put that inside of you. He gave us these different desires and gifts and abilities so we can all do different things. And that, that's the way everything gets done in this world, right? I also know he's interested in what you're interested in is because he enjoys talking with his children. He's your father, 
Right? The Lord's Prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven. He is our heavenly Father, and He's interested in that. Parents, you again, you understand that with your kids. Your kids get interested in different activities, and you want to get interested in it with them. You want to learn from them why they enjoy it so much. You want to see what they're doing. And so think about it. If, if it comes to your prayer life and, and you feel like your prayer life's kind of boring or, or, or stagnant, maybe it's, maybe it's because you're talking about stuff that you think you should be talking about and not stuff that you want to be talking about with God. Psalms 103, 13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. It means those who spend time with him. God is our tender, compassionate Father. And He wants to spend time with you. I mean, think about it. When you started your family, when your kids were first born, did you, did you wait until they could start talking in order to start loving them? No. No, when we had our boys, Gage and Xander were born, we, we loved them from the moment they were born, even when all they could do was sleep and poop and spit up. We loved them. Not changing diapers, but we loved them. Right? They, they, even when they were first born, they didn't really smile. They didn't have any emotions or way of communicating other than screaming. But, but we loved them. And I love them because I'm their father. Amy loved them because she was their mother. Whether they could talk or not, we had this deep love for them. And so let me tell you this. Whether you spend time daily talking to God or not, whether you spend time in prayer or not, God loves you. But you know, as my boys have gotten older, probably one of the deepest desires in my life is to have those conversations with them. To sit and talk with them about life and about what's going on with them and what they're interested in and, and how their day is and, and what they're thinking about and what they're desiring. I love to have those conversations with them. And you know, that's the same way God is with us. He loves us whether we talk to him or not, but he longs for us to have conversations with him, to talk about life and what's going on. And you know, sometimes learning how to pray is like learning a new language, right? Whether you want to learn Spanish or French or Arabic or Farsi or, or sign language or whatever it was, you have to practice. So prayer is like a, a spiritual language with God. And you need to learn it. And so, well, how do you learn to pray? Well, how do we learn any language? Right? Babies, they learn language by first listening to others. They begin by imitating. And then they learn on their own and they practice and they practice and they get a little better. And all of a sudden, a word comes out. And like he said, it's first word. And then more words. And then they start to form sentences. Let me ask you, when your kid first talked, did the first sentence out of their mouth really make sense? I doubt it. They probably didn't come out of the womb. Four score and seven years ago. Now, when they said their first words, they probably didn't say them correctly and in the right order. But the good thing is, as parents, we're smart enough to interpret what they're saying. God is smart enough to interpret what you're saying to him. Even, even when you don't say it correctly. Even when you don't say it well. Even, even when you don't know what to say. He just loves it when you talk to him. 1 John 5 verse 14 says, We can be confident approaching God, knowing that he listens to us 
whenever we ask him for anything according to his will. And since we know that he hears us when he makes our requests, then we can be sure he will answer us. See, notice twice in this verse it says, we know that he listens to us. We know that he hears us. That is a for certain promise. God hears you no matter what you say, no matter how you say it, no matter how loud or soft you say it, no matter if you're just thinking it in your mind. God listens to you and he hears you. And so we can be confident when we approach him. We also see that prayer is a conversation, not, not a ceremony. Now, a ceremony is something with a bunch of rules and regulations and restrictions, and you have to do things in a certain way at a certain time, or, or it just doesn't work right. When I was in Bible college, we had a practical ministries class, and we learned the practical things of ministry, like what you do on a daily basis. And we learned things like how to do weddings and how to do funerals. And we even got this really cool Christian minister's manual. And it gave us all these examples of services. And and we learned quickly that especially in a wedding, there are certain rituals and certain things that need to be performed, certain things that need to be said and done in the service. And that makes it a ceremony. See, that's not prayer. Prayer is not a ceremony. It's just a conversation where you talk, but you also listen. And maybe some of the times when you get bored with prayer, it's because you feel like you're doing a lot of talking and no listening. So we need to take that time and be quiet and listen. Say, God, is there anything you need to say to me? And be open and listen to how he speaks to you. Prayer is all about a conversation. Prayer is also about a relationship. It's not about rituals. It's about drawing closer to God and becoming acquainted with God and getting to know Him and learning more about Him as He learns about you. And so again, if we get bored with prayer, maybe we don't understand the point. And then prayer becomes, oh, I should pray. I have to pray. I ought to pray. I know I need to pray, but... And you begin to get into that kind of a trap. And then you don't pray because guilt motivation only lasts as long as guilt does. God doesn't want us to feel guilty about prayer. He loves talking to you. He loves listening to you. I mean, think about that. I get to talk to the creator of the universe. You know, like Ken was saying this morning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything. And he wants to talk to me. What an amazing privilege and opportunity that is. It's all about building a relationship with Him. He also listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. When we pray, we don't have to sound spiritual and use these religious cliches. We just, we just talk to God and the only condition is that it comes from your heart. Right? You don't begin by addressing God, Oh, thou great potentate of the universe! Thou who dost wonderfully bestow on us all the manners of our blessings. And God's like, what? <laughs> I, huh? God understands our lingo and our slang. And s- sometimes the simplest prayers are the best. When you go, God, it's just me. God, I messed up. God, I need your help. God, I need your wisdom. God, I don't know what to do here. 
You know, if you read through the book of Psalms, one-third of them, 50 of them, are called Psalms of Lament. And they're basically complaints. Complaints to God. Complaints like, God, you know, I've been asking you for this new job, and I've been asking, and it hasn't happened, and and I'm still out of work, and I, I still need your help. God, I've been praying for my family member that is really sick, and and God, she's still sick, and I don't get this, and why isn't this getting better? When we say prayers like that, that are honest and and real, and God loves those sincere, simple prayers, just say what you want to say. Jesus talked a lot about praying honestly, sincerely from your gut. Matthew 6, verse 5, he said this, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love standing and praying in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by men. I mean, in other words, for them, prayer is all about a performance. Right? Watch me, everybody. I'm going to pray. I'm really going to win you over with this one. Get ready. Buckle up. I'm going to pray the praying is praying prayer. Have you ever heard me pray? They're not praying to God. They're just showing off. He says, when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, and they think they will be heard because of their many words. In other words, longer is not stronger. He said, no, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask. Remember, when we're praying, we're not trying to convince God. It's not like, God, if maybe if I prayed for 40 minutes, then God will really believe that I'm serious and, and, and he'll, I can win him over with my arguments on why this is important and I need this. No. He already knows what you need and he knows what's best for you. So you just come to him simply, honestly. Here's the third one. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. God is a great loving, gracious Father and compassionate and He loves to answer prayer and He loves to show what He's really like. Everything in this universe comes from Him. He is a generous God. And when we pray and when we ask for something in prayer, it gives Him the opportunity to show us, show Him what He's really like. Over 20 times in the New Testament, we are commanded to ask. And why are we commanded to ask? Well, it's because God then gets to show how good he is and how gracious and loving he is. And we don't get yes as an answer to every prayer, do we? But even when the answer is no, or even when it's not yet, we still understand that God is a gracious, loving father. I mean, let me ask you, do you know any parent that every time their kid says, ask for something, they say, yes, sure, honey. Hopefully not. Because that would ruin the child. And you know, there are dozens and dozens of reasons that parents don't give their kids everything they ask for. There are dozens of reasons why God doesn't give us everything we ask for. And you may not understand why, but the good news is you're not God. We just have to trust Him. And God is much more interested in our character than He is in our comfort. And He loves us too much to say yes to everything. And I've heard people say, well, I prayed and God never answered me. And I, well, yeah, he did. He just said no. <laughs> See, when you pray, there, there's four different possible answers. There's yes, there's no, there's not yet, and there's, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you ever prayed those prayers? I've had those pra- prayers. And later I look back and I go, man, I bet God was saying, Tim, you've got to be kidding me. You don't have a clue what you're asking for. 
Come on. Be serious. And maturity is when we begin to realize that God's delays are not always his denials. And a lot of times God says, I have every intention of giving this to you, but just not yet. You're not ready for it yet. And before you can have that, there has to be some growth in character. Because really, I'm going to give you something bigger than you've asked for. Yeah, God always answers his prayer. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Sometimes God's answer is a bigger perspective. Sometimes you ask for something and God says, eh, you don't know what you're asking for. That's not really what you want. I know what you want. I know what's going to make you happy. I know what's going to bring joy. You think that's going to make you happy? It's not. So I'm going to give you something better. Some of our prayers, I think if we got an answer for them and, and a yes, they probably would have been a disaster. Matthew 7, 11, Jesus says, If you, being imperfect, sinful parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? It's kind of obvious, right? God is a perfect, loving Father, and He's only going to give us good things. And He wants to give us stuff we can never even imagine. James 4, 2 says, You don't have because you do not ask. That, that can really be a theme verse for prayer, and especially over these next 40 days. Because when we don't pray, there are a lot of things I think we miss out on. I imagine when we get to heaven, there's going to be a list of things that you missed out on because you just never asked for them. You do not have because you did not ask. God's not just going to give everything to you. He wants you to learn to talk to him and to ask him and learn this language of prayer. Here's the fourth one, biggest of all. God longs to be close to me. He wants to be close to me and to you. He wants to have that relationship. I mean, think about it. If you've ever been on a trip and traveled away from home and been away from loved ones for a while, you, you can't wait to get home, right? Right? You can't wait to be back and, and, and give them big hugs and tell them about your trip and talk to them. And That's how God is. He longs to be close to you and to talk to you and to listen to you. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, The Lord waits for you to come to Him so He can show you His love and compassion. You know, every day that you go without spending time in prayer, every day you go without reading God's Word and spending time with Him, He's just sitting there and he's waiting for you. You were made for this relationship, for this fellowship. If God didn't want to love you, you wouldn't exist, right? We weren't put on this planet just so we could check things off of a to-do list. We were put here to be loved by God and to love him. Listen to this. This is God talking in Hosea 6. He said, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. Did you feel the passion and the longing that God has for you? He wants to know you and for you to know him. Probably one of the most amazing verses I sometimes just don't understand is John 15. 15. And it says, I don't call you servants. I call you my Friends. 
This was Jesus talking, and he says, you know, I want you to be my friend. I want to have that relationship with you. The creator of the universe, the the God who died on the cross for your sin said, "Ah, I want to be your friend. And it's not about religion religion or rituals or regulations. It's, It's about relationships. We're formed for that relationship with God. And and if we miss that, then we miss the whole purpose of our existence. So why are we doing 40 days of prayer? Well, it's because I don't think there's anything more important than our lives getting in harmony with God's. Having that relationship that we were created for, that we were designed for. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know him. And so that's why we're doing these 40 days of prayer. That's why we're encouraging you not just to be here on every Sunday for the next six weeks, but but to be a part of small groups. We have several different groups that meet throughout the week and we're encouraging you to join one and be a part of it. So we as a church can grow together in our our relationship with God and our prayer lives with God. And these next 40 days are designed to deepen that friendship with God to get to know him better to draw closer to him he's waiting for us he's longing for that it just begins with prayer so as we close this morning let, let me pray Father God we pray a simple sincere prayer Lord I, I want each and every one of us here to know you better to fall in love with you in a way that you already love us I want each of us to know how much you love us and Lord I ask you to to just touch our hearts change our lives I pray this in Christ's name Amen